Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Olive Magazine podcast. This week we're cooking the books with Janine and Gregor. They're discussing their favourite spicy recipes from their favourite cookery books. Sarah, our drinks writer, has just got back from St. Kitts and Nevis in the Caribbean and she's telling us what we should be eating, drinking and where we should be staying. And Charlotte and Anna from the team have done a little job swap. Have you ever wondered what it takes to be a recipe developer for Olive Magazine? Charlotte has been going inside the test kitchen with Anna, our cookery writer, to find out exactly what it takes. First up, we have Janine and Gregor talking about their favourite spicy recipes from their cookery book collection. So, guys, what are your favourite spicy recipes? Mine is a creamy, colourful, fragrant chicken curry from uh, Nigel Slater's Real Cooking. Okay. In 1997. Okay, so that's a little while ago. Why is this um, so important to your cookery canon, Gregor? Well, because when I um, first started trying to cook properly, rather than uh, than just you know heating up some pasta, <laughs> I, uh, I I bought this book. My my girlfriend had uh, Real Fast Food by Nigel Slater, and we cooked from that quite a lot. Okay. And, uh, so I thought he was really good. We used that quite a lot. So I bought this book to try and learn to cook better. And uh, one of the thing, and it was quite simple and very good recipes that you're always quite delicious. Yeah. Um, and he, he does a roast chicken that I still I still use to this day. A herb roast chicken it works absolutely brilliantly. And uh, this one was a, a creamy, colourful, fragrant chicken curry. Went down a storm. It's absolutely brilliant. He uses chicken thighs okay. that you crisp up and then you use the curry. He says himself it's not a very authentic curry, but it's absolutely perfect. And not only that, but every Christmas, after the usual tussle over what we're actually going to cook, where I say, can yeah. we cook a goose? And everyone goes, can we not have turkey? Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I end up looking forward more to using the leftovers afterwards. And I've found a way of using this recipe to make a gigantic pot of turkey curry, which I look forward to more than Christmas dinner. Cool. So what sort of spices are in this curry? So it's cardamom, cumin, uh, chilli flakes. Okay. Um, and then there's also uh, fresh uh, ginger, and there's uh, coriander chopped and turmeric in this one. Okay, so very colourful then. It is very colourful. Okay. And uh, tomatoes are in it as well. Okay. He, he suggests yeah, using fresh tomatoes, but says you can use canned tomatoes as an alternative. And over the years, I've started, I've ended up using canned uh, cherry tomatoes, Amazing. which then, you know, some of them burst, some of them don't. Yeah. And it reduces down into a beautiful... Well, that's a brilliant thing about recipes, isn't it? Is yeah. that they're basically a starting point for you to make it into the perfect dish for you so you can add in things or take away stuff. But as long as you've got those basic principles of a, of a great recipe mm. like that one, then, then you're good to go, aren't you? Absolutely. And with this one as well, you can just increase its volume and it works pretty much perfectly every time. <laughs> See, I do that, but I just eat it all myself still. <laughs> yeah. So that's the only slight problem. Okay, Janine, how about you? Well, in a strange coincidence, my <laughs> recipe also comes from a book from 1997. That is spooky. Um, it's really a bit spooky. It was obviously a good year. And it's um, Peter Gordon's tomato and chilli jam. Oh, that um, sounds amazing. It is one of my favourite recipes, and I've been cooking it um, at least for the last 15 or so years. Um, the interesting thing about it is it comes from the Sugar Club cookbook, which came out of his Notting Hill restaurant that he had at the time. And um, looking back in that book today, you can see that um, he's been called the kind of godfather of fusion, but he was so at the forefront of the kind of food that we're eating today. So um, some recipes in the book, you know, using combinations like 
chorizo and squid, um, oh, so using good. Japanese ingredients, um, <clears throat> lots of pickled veg, labana, tuna tartare, wow. all on trendy menus right now. Yeah. But at the time, that he was serving that up in his restaurant, you know, 20, 20 odd years ago. So it's quite a fascinating sort yeah. of journey to see how those ingredients have become every day. You know, chorizo then was, was quite rare. It was quite hard to get. Yeah. Now, you know, you can get it in, I guess, Greg's pasty. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> a good pasty it would be if it had chorizo. Yeah. Okay, so tell us a bit more about the, the jam. It's, it's the simplest thing in the world to do. It, you literally whiz up um, fresh tomatoes, chilies, garlic, ginger, um, with some Asian fish sauce and sugar. And then you put it in a pan with red wine vinegar, a, a few more chopped fresh tomatoes, um, and then you just let it simmer away till it's jammy and you, you bottle it. And basically, I kind of see it like the forerunner of, of those chilli jams that we get these days that, you know, you can easily buy them off the shelves. At the time, you couldn't. Mm. Um, and what's really good about it is it just goes on burgers. It's great on eggs, you know, in sandwiches. Um, so so just fantastic all-round thing to have in your repertoire. And also really really simple yeah, amazing so is it that nice balance between sort of sweet <clears throat> and spicy and you've got the tickle of yeah. heat and the thing about it um and i've made quite a few chili sauce and jams over the years is it's incredibly distinctive that um it's the balance of the ginger and the garlic and the chili and um i was chatting to greg about it earlier and i, I turned up at my brother-in-law's barbecue two years ago and he was really proud that he made this chili jam and i tasted it and went oh yeah that's peter gordon's chili jam isn't it and he was so knocked out <laughs> Amazing. But it's such a distinctive flavour, even with those simple ingredients. It's the balance. So I would urge everyone to to try try it out. It's actually a really good idea to instead of say bringing a bottle of wine or a generic, yeah. you know, dessert or something to a barbecue if you're going to yeah. this summer to make something like that to Definitely. add to the to the mix. And you can control the heat. I mean, he just uses regular red chilies, but you know, you could you can control that heat a little bit more. Yeah. And you could you know use bird's eye for a bit more of a bump up or. Um, you could even make it with um, green chilies, you know, yeah. that would be a little bit milder. But still, I would, I'd stick to his recipe. Is it, I'm going to have to try this because my addiction is Nigella Lawson's chili jam. From, I, I, it's from I'm, her Christmas book. Yeah. And I really like it. It just looks so pretty in the yeah. jar. And I used to make big batches of it yeah. and then uh, give it to people as presents as part of their sort of stocking fillers. So I'm going to have to try this one because it sounds really, really I, good. I think you should. <laughs> okay, cool. Any other recipes that you guys have been loving? Well, from the same book, actually, I, I also love the, uh, the leg of lamb that he uses with garlic and rosemary, which you stab all over and then force the uh, the rosemary in and then the and then slivers of garlic Delicious. before you roast it. And it, it, what you what you do with that one is you cook the potatoes with it. But more recently, I've been doing the lamb that cries into potatoes, the one where you put the potatoes underneath in a tray so yeah. that the lamb drips down onto the potatoes. I love that expression, cries that. into the potatoes. <laughs> oh, that fatty goodness. I think we had that in Olive not, not that long ago, actually. Yeah, I think, it's, <clears throat> I think it's quite a classic kind of Eastern recipe, yeah. So, so good. I would have to shove some anchovies in those slots as well. Yes, a bit addicted absolutely. to lamb and anchovies. Yeah, well, actually, what he does also is in this same book, there's a roast cod that he does with salsa verde, mm. which um, I often make when I am cooking lamb. But okay. I put more mint in it, but it's also got like anchovies in it so and mustard. So it's, re- it's a really, really good one. <laughs> Greg, it is not sponsored by Nigel Slater. I promise it's just an amazing book. And it all is. of his books are so reliable, aren't they? Yeah. They are. Um, every issue in Olive, or nearly every issue, we, we tend to have a book extract in as well from new authors. Um, and in our June issue, which is just out now, we've got an amazing um, recipe collection from Sabrina Gale, um, Sirocco. It's kind of Middle Eastern inspired flavours, right? Yeah, it's great. There's some really fantastic um, 
recipes in there. And I was talking to her the other week and she said that um, she's very bold with her spices. And um, I think anyone who's a spice fan should go and check them out. There's a little lamb meatball, which uses quite a lot of cumin. And um, when we were making it, we thought, oh, God, this is this is a lot of cumin. I went back to her and said, you know, and, and she said, no, 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 that's, that's the amount trust I want. Me, and we yeah. tried to uh, trust me. And we did. And um, it, it's fantastic. You kind of, it just balances it out. So I think that is the main thing in spicy recipes, um, getting the balance right. And I think Sabrina's brilliant at that. So so her book, her, her new book is fantastic. Yeah. yeah, I actually made them with her and I did a cookery course with her at Limewood <coughs> Hotel in Hampshire um, just before Christmas. She did a little preview of some of the recipes and she called them lollipops. Yeah. But the thing I really loved about them is they had that really bold spicing, but then it's a lovely sour tamarind sauce that yeah, she dresses gorgeous. over the top and that really just sets off those, those yeah. flavours really well. So you have to try that. That's in our June issue, guys. Um, okay, brilliant. Thank you so much, guys. And I look forward to hearing the next debate you have on your favourite flavours <laughs> from you. the books. Okay, cool. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, so next I'm talking to Charlotte, who is our web and commissioning editor, and we've got Anna, our cookery writer. Now, you guys did a bit of a job swap recently, didn't you? Yes. (laughs) Well, my job doesn't require me to move much (laughs) unless I need a snack. So I thought I would get up for once and go and see what Anna does because she's constantly running around in the test kitchen and coming in and coming out and smelling of all sorts. (laughs) So I thought it would be good to go and see what it's like seeing as I eat the food so often. Yes. Um, And it was exhausting. Really? Okay. (laughs) Not doing it again. So for those readers who don't know, in our office in London, we are also at our desk where we write recipes, restaurant reviews, travel, but then we also have a test kitchen about a few meters away and that's where Anna and Charlotte started their day so so how did it, how did it kick off guys what were you cooking so uh this day we were testing the June seasonal recipes okay um so I'd written them a few days before and I'd actually tested them at home for the first time um as they're all tested three times um this is the second time so I'd sort of had a run through but ideally in the kitchen what we're doing is we're looking at timings and quantities and okay. the servings as well so how many people it serves so, um, do you want to talk Yes, about? I had to, I was given recipes to cook. Okay. And I had to check that the recipe worked and that there wasn't, you know, half a teaspoon too much of such and such. Yeah. Um, which was quite frightening, cooking <laughs> for Anna. And I got a little bit nervous. She told me at one point to prepare an artichoke. Jeez, <laughs> oh, how do you do that? And I was 75% sure how you did it. And I just started doing it and Anna didn't say anything. So I assume it was right. Well, let's hope so. <laughs> yes. Everyone's going to be doing it that way anyway. Yeah. Uh, but it was great fun. But it's literally seven hours on your feet. No sitting down. No. No beverages. No, no snacks. <laughs> no nothing. Uh, and I didn't realise how hard it is and how much of a slog it is. And my back at the end of it and my feet was just really quite bad. So how many recipes do you test in one day, Anna? It depends what they are. So for the show-off feature, that would be one day and that's six. But okay. then we can go up to nine recipes if they're every day. You've okay. done ten before, I'm sure. Yeah, that's... Okay. But Anna's <laughs> very just... quick. She's just lightning. It she took is. me seven hours to do, I think, three. Okay. It's one, in the kitchen. Yeah. It's <laughs> supposed to be a quick comfy salmon and that took me quite a long time but it's just because I'd, I've never, never done it before but it was great and so what else did you test on that day so we did a baba ganoush okay. and we did um the 
artichokes, which was actually really useful for me because as they, I'd written the recipe, um, it's hard to go through the, the ingredients and the quantities. Are, it, you have to be quite sort of um, scientific with it and okay. the timing. So, you know, every, we've all got uh, stopwatches and timers and everything. Yeah. And, you know, we're making sure that the, um, the ovens are on at the right temperatures. But for the methods, because I've written it, it's quite difficult to go through and to know that what, you're, what you've written makes exact sense, yeah. especially with difficult things like preparing an artichoke. Mm-hmm. So for you to read the recipe and then to go through it, actually, and to see what you're doing, looking over <laughs> your shoulder, not saying anything, it was absolutely great, you know, because you can see that the way that you've written it makes sense to, to everyone, yeah. not just yourself. So. And it actually did taste great as well, right? So, it tasted good, yeah. yeah. I needed some help putting a mandolin together. Okay. I chopped my fingers off. We don't um, want that. But that no. was the only problem. Yeah. But um, I reckon uh, the people who are listening to this will want to know, seeing as it's such a great job, how you get into something like cooking for a magazine. How did you do that? Um, I did work experience. Um, yes. Yep. Um, and I've always cooked. So I'm not classically trained, but I've always cooked for the whole... And I've done... Um, a lot for events, so catering for events and things like who that. Who did you learn? How, who did you learn from? My parents. My mum's a massive cook, so she was teaching me from a young age. Um, you know, with the stool in the kitchen, the classic scenario. But um, I've always been really interested in it, and especially with the healthy feature as well. Um, I cook quite healthily at home, so it's always really nice to sort of go from the inspiration stage to the testing stage and getting people to try it. And you must have recipes that go wrong sometimes. What, yes. What do you do then? <laughs> um, you go back and you, if it's a cake, it's it's always, well, nearly always a, a quantities or a timing problem. So you'll go back to sort of the classic methods and see where it's gone wrong. And um, if it's something else then, or even something's missing perhaps, you know, if the flavours don't quite work, um, we'll always retest it to make sure that it works and it works first time spot on. One of Anna's best um, healthy recipes that I was so impressed with that I'd never seen before recently were your vegan meringues that you did. I don't know if anybody saw those in a recent... Was it the... I feel like it was the March issue. I could be wrong, readers, but it was. it's on our website. It's on olivemagazine.com. And we've got pictures on our Instagram as well if you want to have a quick look. But um, they were just so, so impressive. So vegan meringues, no eggs. How did we make them? It was... um the brine from a chickpea can. It's so clever. Yeah. It tastes like chickpea brine. No, it doesn't at all. I think that's the sugar offset there. I mean, <laughs> it's fat-free, but, you know, it's meringue, so it's still got sugar in it. But um, the but texture, yeah, the appearance, yeah. they all look brilliant. Yeah. I was just so impressed with how they worked. But Anna's, yeah, really good at one flavour combinations and two, finding out how, whether it be a new technique or something like that. You always seem to... Yes. It's, quite something new to try. It's it's interesting when you see ideas and you think, oh, I wonder if that would actually work, you know, because yeah. obviously some people have played around with um, with it quite a lot. So, yeah, yeah, it's nice to try it and to try it a couple of times just to make sure we've got the, the recipe nailed. Anna so. gets very distressed when anyone's hungry. <laughs> if you say you're hungry, she'll go and prepare something. Well, I know, but this is the thing. We come into the office and I'm like, Anna, are you testing today? And then we What's can just basically lunch? see the menu of, of our day. Um, but you can end up getting very, very full by the end of it. But it's, it's a great problem to have. So do you think you're going to be changing your job role anytime soon, Charlotte? I don't have the stamina, Laura, okay. to be a cookery writer, I'm afraid. So you're happy just to be a tester just along with me? Eater, yeah, yes. we'll just be the eaters and Anna can t- continue to be a feeder. I Sounds do good. enjoy it. It's brilliant. 
brilliant fun, yeah. but not not for more than one day a year. No. We can just cook all the recipes at home once Anna's done all the hard work of testing them for us. You'll know they'll work great. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so if you like the sounds of any of those recipes, remember you can buy Olive Magazine in good stores now or you can head to olivemagazine.com where we've got thousands of amazing recipes by Anna and our team for you to try. Okay, thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Okay, next we're talking about St. Kitts and Nevis with two Sarahs. We've got Sarah, our drinks writer, who recently went there. She's looking very tanned and be able to tell us all about that. And then we've got Sarah, who works on our website, olivemagazine.com. Sarah, drinks writer, tell us all about it. So I have never been to the Caribbean before Okay, last week. Um, So I was super excited to go. I took all manner of transport to get there. I think literally (laughs) trained to the airport, a couple of aeroplanes, you know, boat car everything amazing um but it's amazing so i was staying on nevis which is a tiny little sister island to st kitts okay in the west indies and i was staying at um, a hotel called montpellier which used to be a sugar plantation wow okay mm. so it's they've obviously renovated it it kind of went to ruin after the sugar monopoly back in the day yeah um but they've still got the old sugar mill right and it's actually where um nelson married Frances Nisbet, okay. who is the daughter of the president of Nevis. Okay, time. cool. So there's lots of history going yeah. on there. Um, and it's a really, really beautifully renovated place. It's got little, it's only about 19 rooms and then a couple of suites. Um, and each room has kind of got a private terrace and you can't see anybody else from where you are. So you just literally look out across the amazing, like lush, green landscape to the sea. Yeah, I mean, it looked pretty good yeah. from your Instagram pictures. If you look on um, Olive Magazine on Instagram, and you often see Sarah's posting there, she posted some really gorgeous pictures for yeah. you to have a look at. That's incredible. Yeah, we were a bit jealous back in the office. <laughs> <laughs> so although they've renovated it, they've still got the sugar mill okay. on site, and you can actually have dinner in it. Oh, wow. Um, and do rum tastings. There. Even better, yeah. yeah. They've got um, a guy who knows all about rum who will come and do a guided tasting. Very cool. With you through lots of different styles, not just Caribbean rums. Okay. A whole a whole host of them. So were they kind of matched to the food or is it a separate pairing or um you can pair it with the food. Okay. Um they do lots of rum cocktails out there. Obviously everyone's drinking rum all the time. It's like water out there. We were talking um, earlier, and uh, Janine asked if you can get a hangover on rum. Can you confirm you can? Yes, yeah. I can yes you can get a okay. hangover on rum. Okay. So, what do they typically pair it with? Um, so they do lots of rum punches. That's kind of their standard out there. I mean, there's always like pina coladas and yeah. mojitos, and you know you can do all kinds of things with rum. Proper rum drinkers, you know, like the kind of the old men in like the straw hats and stuff, they'll just have it neat or with a little bit of water. Okay. Mm. Or with coconut water or, you know, it's mm. it's best enjoyed how you like to enjoy it. Yeah, great. But like I say, rum punch is, is kind of their thing and there's this place on the beach called Sunshines, which is world famous. Like all the celebrities that go and visit Nevis go there. Okay. The whole, one of the attractions in Nevis is that it's smaller. Yeah. Less touristy than St. Kitts. So, Presumably because it takes that little bit of an extra effort yeah, to get there. It's that extra little hop yeah, across. But definitely worth it by the sounds yeah, of it. Yeah, definitely worth it. So it's a little bit quieter, but there's this one beach shack called Sunshines. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's got pictures of him and Beyonce on the wall. Really, like, everyone's been there. <laughs> yeah, um, me and Bay. <laughs> and they do a rum punch they call a killer bee. Okay. Um, which is very strong. Sounds, yeah, excitingly dangerous. Yeah. yeah. So what's in that? Um. Closely guarded secret. Oh, okay. Um, 
but it's yeah very strong if you have a couple of days at lunch you'll Okay. by the pool pretty quickly <laughs> okay so there were, were there any other beach bars that you liked while you were there yeah there's I mean they're all dotted around and you know you'll be driven around by by the taxi drivers or speak to the locals and they'll go they'll just point at one and go oh, that's where you get ribs on a Friday night brilliant or that's where you go for lobster yeah whether you know there's so much fresh seafood out there obviously because they've got the Atlantic on one side they've got the Caribbean Sea on the other so amazing lots of different kinds of fish lots of lobster and then obviously jerk is a massive thing yeah. in the Caribbean so it yeah. kind of depends what you want as to where you go what was the best thing you tried when you were out there um, I think the lobster yeah how did they serve it over there all kinds of ways yeah so you okay. just had it like grilled classically or you have it in um, we had it in brioche buns lobster um, roll yeah classic excellent roll. amazing or in salads any way you can imagine them doing lobster all the lobster okay yeah very very nice we didn't actually get a chance to try any but Goat is obviously a big part of their diet. There's yeah. loads of really cute goats. <laughs> really tasty goats, really yeah. delicious tasty goats. Um, and on Sundays, they always do a big kind of like family dinner and traditionally cook a goat curry. Okay. And we've actually got a really good recipe online for a goat curry. Okay. If you're interested in also loads of jerk recipes. Okay, that's on olivemagazine.com if yeah. you want any of those. Um, set website, Sarah. Have you been to the Caribbean before? Yep. Okay. I came back from the Dominican Republic. Okay. Um, that was recently, wasn't it? Sarah's just got married. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so while I was there, um, the food is quite different to okay. what we typically think of as Caribbean food. They don't like it spicy at all. Interesting. Um, but where I was staying, which was on the Samana Peninsula in the north, um, they have masses of coconut trees. So everything has coconut. They cook over coconut wood. Um, and a lot of the food that we had would You'd go to the beach to a shack and there'd be um, an oil drum sawn in half and coconut wood in the bottom and that would be what they'd be cooking on. Amazing. Um, and it gets a really good flavour in. Um, but I must say, I did kind of miss having that spiciness because I'm a big fan of spicy yeah. food too. It's really interesting. We were talking to um, a local where we are in Nevis and they think of using coconut in a very different way. They kind of think of it as... Obviously, coconut oil is massively trendy over here, but they yeah. kind of see it as like a poor man's kind of way of cooking. Oh, uh, okay, it's so, so interesting. Yeah, we we were talking. Oh, we use coconut oil all the time. They kind of looked like, oh, really? Like <laughs> it's a bit of a well, because it's so available. Yeah, exactly. But while we were in Montpellier, the the hotel, they do cooking classes. If you're interested, if you want a bit of a foodie, yeah, spin definitely. And um, they've just got a new chef, um, Christian Bassi, who has joined them in January, I think it was. Okay. Um, he's worked all over the world, so he kind of takes local ingredients. They've got a kitchen garden, and he puts kind of Asian nice. spins on them. Very cool. Peruvian or whatever it might be. So we did a little class with him. And what did you cook during that class? Um, we cooked mahi-mahi, with, which is a typical Caribbean fish, okay. with a really fresh fruit salsa. Yum. Lots of papaya, which is grown all over the island. There's nothing better than fresh ripe yeah. papaya. It's so hard to get a really good one over here. So whenever you're away, if you get that opportunity, mm. yeah. please, please yeah. try. I must say, yeah. actually, I wasn't a fan of papaya because mm. I'd only had it from a supermarket mm. and I had it in Dominican Republic. It and so it's just different. incredible. It's so different just to what you get over here. It's yeah. yeah, it's really special. Fresh lime squeezed on it. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. making me hungry now. Lime rice. <laughs> lime mm. rice. Wow. Okay. Very cool. 
Yeah. That sounds good. I mean, it sounds like a good one to add to the rotor of yeah. <laughs> holidays this year. So is there a good time of year to go? Or? Um, so high season is kind of during our winter. Okay. So um, I went just kind of on the shoulder season. It's just getting to low, low season, but it was still really, really hot. Yes. <laughs> I cannot think of a better way to get rid of dry January yeah. to just go to the Caribbean, <laughs> drink, drink rum. rum. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay, I'm keen. I know what I'm doing this January. Right, well, if you want any more travel recommendations, uh, we've got a regular slot in our magazine in the Explore section, or you can go to olivemagazine.com where we have regular travel reviews from lovely writers like Sarah. Um, thank you so much, guys. That was super interesting, and I'm going to go make myself a rum cocktail. Okay, <laughs> cool. Thank you so much. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Olive Magazine podcast. You can subscribe and listen now on Acast and iTunes or your favourite podcast app. And don't forget to review and rate us. We're back next week with more. But in the meantime, remember you can tweet us, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, email call. Let us know what you think. Get involved. Happy listening. Happy cooking. And we'll see you next week. 